first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all else shall be added unto you. And as I read that scripture, I just felt like if this is not true, the whole Bible isn't true. If I can't go out on this scripture and believe God that what he says is true and that he will, he, he will carry me through, I could, might just as well tear these pages out of my Bible because if I don't believe it, it's just making my Bible heavy unnecessarily. Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you. You can do the same. Let's get rolling. Today in the Kindling Fire, I am super excited. This is actually a listener-suggested show. Uh, some of my South African listeners uh, have been exposed to my guest, and I have William Engelbrecht from South Africa on the show. Thank you for joining, William. Uh, thanks, Troy. It's such an honor to be on your show, man. So, um, one of the things that uh, I'm so excited about having William on is he is... Uh, not a man of talk, even though we're on a podcast, he is a man of action. And, uh, and I love having people that engage in life and not just talk about it. So we're going to have uh, fun today, William. Uh, looking forward to it. Sorry. So tell us uh, a little bit about um, uh, your organization, Geared for Life. Okay, so Troy... Um where do I start? Before I came to know Christ, um, I had a typical life of just drinking, getting involved in uh, fights and whatever, all um, all the negative things. And as I came to know Christ and, and gave my life to him, I actually had uh, a period in my life where I felt like, what am I going to do now that I've been stripped of all these things that were, were, were in my life and, and now I have no alternative. So. I started exposing myself to outdoor activities, and I've always had the desire, but never lived it out because I was so preoccupied with with other things in life. So I started um, going on hikes. Um, I started bow hunting, um, mountain bike, um, off-road mountain biking, uh, various kayaking, uh, you name it, um, and just exposed myself to all these activities. And I thought that if I just had this earlier in my life, um, I'd actually be good at some of these activities, put more energy into that. So that would be something that I think the youth, particularly in South Africa, um, where we have this amazing outdoors, um, would be great to have the opportunity to, like a father, expose these um, youth of ours um, to these activities and and and, and um, you know give them these positive alternatives. Because if you don't get exposed to something by, say, a father, uncle, or whoever. It's not like um, something you just do. I mean, like something simple like fishing. Um, if your father didn't fish and and it's not a, something that he, he, he taught you, you, you just say, no, I don't like fishing. It's not my thing. But it's actually 
but you don't know how it works. You don't know what lures to use for which kind of fish. You don't know how to make the knots or cast, and you don't want to expose yourself in front of other guys showing that you, you don't know a certain thing. Um, that's just my take on it. And um, I thought I'd put boys on a level playing field as if they've never done nothing and learn them from scratch and just give them the opportunity to live as young men wild, as you said, um, in the outdoors. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah, and I've seen some of uh, some of your hunts. Um, the, I think recently you killed. I don't even know what it is, <laughs> but it had huge horns. What what did you kill recently? Or that was a, that was a, a I think you call it a wildebeest. Okay. Wildebeest. And yeah, you can see them stampeding in the movie Lion King down the gorge. <laughs> one of those. Uh, that's that's amazing. So, um, you know, what you said is so true, and I, I think it's true for men as well as boys, which is so much of um, the excuse we say is, oh, yeah, I'm not interested in that. But what we really are saying is I don't want to be embarrassed because I have no idea how this works, and I don't think there's an environment for me to learn, so I'm just going to opt out. Exactly, and and I just try to make it as comfortable and uh, um Non, uh, don't expose anyone um, for them and just give them the opportunity because so many of these young men just want the opportunity just to see if they've, they've got what it takes and uh, I just um, create that opportunity and it's an awesome setting to do ministry in as well in the outdoors and uh, where everyone's just having a great time. So, um, so you got exposed to some of the teachings of Wild at Heart early in your, in your faith. Uh, Tell me a little bit about how that kind of played into what you do today. Okay, so it all just started to make sense to me after I started um, reading uh, the book. Like I had this one bag where I always had, you name it, from sunscreen to some bullets I got somewhere to um, a first aid kit. And I just had this imaginary scenarios where I just had to grab this bag if I have to go into survival mode or something like that. But never lived out any sort of adventure or, or, or thing like that. And um, when I read the book Wild at Heart, I realized why do boys always want to be the hero? Why do they always want to be a cowboy? Why do they always want to be a, a fireman or a policeman and save the day? Um, why do they look up at all these superheroes in, uh, and um, and like with their fathers? There's a certain stage in a, in a boy's life where he believes his father is the strongest, um, smartest um, man alive. And it's necessary because in a, it's in such a crucial time where a boy's, in a boy's development where, where he has to, um, where, where his values and, and beliefs has to be instilled by his father. He has to believe that his father is the, the know-it-all. Um, and I didn't have that in my life. Um, I, what the book also told me is where my wound, um, where I received a wound, from my father was once, and, and it was on a hunting trip. I was 16 years old, went hunting with my father, and on this specific trip, he shot about eight animals and didn't once give me opportunity just to, to even look through the scope at, a, at an animal. Mm. And uh, what, what that told me is, listen here, buddy, you don't have what it takes. He didn't have to say a word, but to me, that was like, you don't have what it takes. And later on in life, I'm with friends on a farm, each one with a rifle in hand, uh, 
Wartok comes past and they say, Willem, you shoot it. And I said, no, man, you, you shoot it. I didn't have the self-confidence, even though I wanted to, because if my father didn't believe in me and he doesn't believe that I have what it takes, how could I believe that I do? Uh. So I had to go and, and go and look into those wounds and, and, and I had to uh, let God heal those wounds and show me that, hey, but you have what it takes. I mean, now I've made so many uh, kills on my own and, um, and my father's proud uh, of, the, of the hunts I've done. And we've, we've just abolished the, the, the notion that I had that I'm, I don't have what it takes. But in the book of Wild at Art, it, it just it showed me these things that I would never have known that my self-confidence and everything where it took blows in my life um, the book just really opened up my eyes to, to, the, to the things and that weren't always truth. Um, I had to, the lies over my life had also had to be exposed. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that, that's such a great example. Um, you know, I think of uh, dads that let their uh, uh, children win at a game that clearly the dad can beat the child yeah. in. Um, but why would a dad do that? And, you know, and, and a dad will do that to give that sense of the child that, oh, yeah, I can beat dad. Now, I mean, I've done this so many times in my life where, you know, I could have clearly wrestled my son to the ground and pinned him and or whatever. But, you know, you kind of play this role to where, ah, oh, you got me or you won. And it just it injects so much confidence and joy into a child's heart. And the, the validation, one just needs to be validated. So many, that's so crucial in, in a young man's life. And I get to um, work with a lot of boys that don't have fathers or never met them. And I make a point out of that just to validate them constantly on their, on their, on their strengths and, um, and gifts. Um, even at, uh, I go and watch sports and um, uh, just to see their reaction when they see me next to the, uh, the field when they do something good and that I approve of what they're doing. You just see how that boosts their self-confidence and, and things like that. So I, I, I really think that's my calling is to step in, especially here in South Africa, into, a, into an area where there's a, a lot of fatherlessness and boys without a identity and just to validate them, uh, just constantly uh, try to, to, to tell them and encourage them and show them where their strengths lie. You know, the thing that I love about loving Jesus and following Jesus is, you know, he becomes that perfect father for us that gives us all the validation we need. And then we become men or women that are generous in our life. Um, exactly. You know, we can get, we know that we're going to have enjoyment with God. Therefore, we don't have to be so, you know, at the front of the line, desperate, kill every beast. You don't get a shot. You don't get a chance. You know, and that is different from the world because the world is desperate. Right. They're constantly looking for life for other things. And so there's no room for sharing because it's all about me and my position and what I need to get. Exactly. And when, when you've been validated by God, you don't have to prove yourself anymore. And that took a lot of um, a big burden off my shoulders to have to prove to the world who I am and, and what I'm capable of. I know what I'm capable of. And, and wasn't it for, for, for being like John Eldridge that wrote the book, um, while that art, I probably wouldn't have realized where, where these 
the, the roots of these things um, originated from. And I'm just taking, um, taking that and trying to apply it um, in my surroundings here as good as possible. And I've really seen, seen the difference um, that it's made in a lot of young men, men's life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it, it's, I mean, that's the, that's the anointing and the power of fatherhood, right, of any kind. You know, of, of, there is just a, a grace from God to interact with people as a father would because that is his heart. And when you express yourself like he's expressing himself in the world, he'll just bless it, right? It, it will actually work. Sure. Yeah. Hey, so so one of the things that in in the introduction that that I really love about you is you uh, not only got exposed to something, but you did something about it. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you went from you know a general idea and some ideas to look. I, I'm going to I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to either start this organization or or something. Troy, uh, it's going to take hours to, to, to give you the full rundown, but let me um, try and uh, fit it in as um, short as possible. Um, I was working in an in a industrial setup in a, in a factory, and um, I wasn't, I didn't get satisfaction, life satisfaction. I didn't see that as the life and life and abundance that, that God talks about in Scripture. Uh, that I was living, even though I was successful in the eyes of of um, the general population. <laughs> so what I did is um, I told God that my heart is to preach the gospel, and I'd love to see the world. Uh, that's basically what Matthew 28 verse 19 says: Go and preach the gospel in all the world. But um, what happened is I resigned my job so I could start talking at schools because I felt like that was where things really already in my life in an early stage um, took a turn for the wrong and for the worse. So I had to go, I, I felt the calling of God on my life to come to schools, give, give school talks, encourage uh, kids to, to, to study, to do their best, to find out what their God-given talents are and identity and, and start living. So I, I read the book of Wild at Heart and I decided to, to start the organization Get for Life, Outdoor Exposure to the Sun, and Sun spelled S-O-N. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I resigned my job and by, it's just God's grace, he, he gave me a, I started up a business um, and with the first money that I made with this business, I went and I bought five backpacks five um, Bibles, five uh, pocket knives, um, uh, headlamps, and I went to a school and said, listen, I want your five boys that, are, that, are, that, that have potential but are, aren't living out their potential, that may be giving you a hard time in class, disrespectful, don't have fathers, and so forth. So I just gave them a criteria and they said, please, we have these five boys um, <laughs> we have more than please, five. You can so I took I took these five boys on my first camp. We went river rafting. We went fishing. We slept a night on an island uh, in the middle of a river. 
uh, made fire there, uh, caught big fish and went on a hike in the mountains. And after that um, weekend and the result of this weekend, I just knew that this was my calling and that I didn't make any mistakes. And that God's blessing was just on it. Um, everywhere where we went and people saw what we were doing, everyone just asked, how could they get involved? How can they help? Um, what do we need for these trips? And from there, it just grew. It's nine years later, and I've had almost 500 plus um, boys on on these outdoor um, breakaways, and I never take more than five or 10 at a time. So uh, God's favor has really just been on it. So I know the choices that I made were, were laid on my heart by God and uh, wasn't my own initiative. And uh, that's why God's blessing is also always on it. And it's just to to take the leap of faith, to just, if you know that you are called and you feel um, dissatisfied or uncomfortable where you are, move. Yeah. Um, you know, just to make the move and trust God. You uh, brought up the Matthew scripture before the show. Can you share kind of how God used that scripture? Okay, so as I resigned, <laughs> um, obviously doubt sneaks in and you, you start thinking, did I make the right choice? Uh, uh, even though I'm talking about faith, um, doubt still, it's a struggle. And um while I was, I was busy reading my Bible and I, I read in Matthew 6 and um, I had these questions about how was I going to pay my bills if I resigned my job and how, what would, how, where would I get food and all, the, all the, um, the normal questions that would come up. And um, I read Matthew 6 where it says, look at the birds of, of the air and they do not um, sow or reap and gather in bonds, but every day they have something um, to eat. Um, he said, look at the flowers and not even Solomon and all his splendor was clothed like one of these and that we are so much worth so much more. And if God looks at after them in such a way, what more wouldn't he do for us? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all else shall be added unto you. And as I read that scripture, I just felt like if this is not true, the whole Bible isn't true. If I can't go out on this scripture and believe God that what he says is true and that he will he, he will carry me through, I could might just as well tear these pages out of my Bible because if I don't believe it, it's just making my Bible heavy unnecessarily. <laughs> so uh, I just went out on it and um, a lot of people uh, questioned my decisions, but today, uh, 10 years later, everyone um, everyone is glad I made the choice family-wise and, and so forth and seeing where the ministry has grown into and the reach we have in South Africa at this stage, um, it's, it's incredible. And when you first started, was it, um, how did God uh, provide or encourage you early on um, in that regard? Because um, anytime anybody steps out, you know, sometimes it's immediate and sometimes it's a, a journey, you know, as far as, you know, replacing the income or, or how God works it out. At first, I just started with small Bible study groups and just to keep myself busy. And people would approach me with like a small envelope and say, hey, Willem, God laid upon my heart to give you this. And there'd be money inside. And 
and it was great to see God provide in that way. But at a stage, I just felt like such a charity case. And I asked God, I said, pull me my tents on the sideline. Can, can't you just give me some sort of wisdom so I could start up something uh, on my, uh, so I could generate my own income as well? And that's probably a bit of pride as well. Yeah. But um, what happened is I started making leather wrist straps with Christian messages on them. And uh, out of something as simple as that, um, dollar-wise, my first uh, my first order was about just over a thousand dollars. So for wrist straps, it doesn't even make sense. For no, it doesn't. Wrist straps. And I took that money and I bought all the stuff that I, that I told you about. But then. I, Went up and then I had about 30 Christian bookshops that I supplied with these with these leather wrist straps and it went well for two years and then they all just closed down. Then I went on a on a men's retreat and I was praying and I told God I don't know provision is now uh, gone at this stage and um, but I know I know this is my calling and this is what I must do so He must make a way I don't know how but I know He will and. It was a Friday till a Sunday. Um, I arrived home from, it was in a different town called Petersburg. And from there, uh, I came back home and it, it was the Tuesday. Someone phones me and says, um, hi, Willem. Um, he gives me his name and surname. He says, um, these camps that you guys do, do you only do them in a certain province that we have here in South Africa? So now I don't know how this guy knows about the camp. So I said, no, we're trying to do them all over the country and so forth. Um, but he said he's sitting with his wife at the doctor's offices and yet they just opened a magazine and they saw the article about our camps. Now, I didn't know anything about any article, but I do know I do camps. But then I said, but where do you stay? He says, I stay in Petersburg. I said, but great. My friend that helps me with these camps, he also stays in Petersburg. So if you would like to meet up with him, and he says, no, wait, wait, before we meet up, first tell me, why do you do what you do? And how did you start? Okay, so I give him the rundown. I said, it all started with a book that I read with a name, Wild at Art, from John Eldridge. And he says, you're kidding me. He says, I went to a men's retreat in Colorado, in Colorado, in the States, to John Eldridge. Uh. And he says, this is definitely divine. He wants to meet up. Long story short, they sponsored a youth camp for two years each month. Um, wow. And, and this guy was at the same men's retreat that I was, and we didn't see each other while we were there. Uh. And that's why he, when he was at the doctor's office and talking to his wife after, he also had this... Um, great weekend and feeling the call of God to just do something again. Yeah. Um, and then someone, and it came out that someone just took some of our pictures and wrote an article into a small, small magazine that just lies in the reception of the doctor's office. <laughs> so it's all, yeah, it's amazing. It's just these, it's divine. It's, um, couldn't explain. So God's favor will be on whatever if he called you to to it he'll provide for it do you uh would you go back like like do you, i mean you made a transition from sort of the safe and the known into the unknown do you ever feel like you would want to go back 
let's enjoy it's a sacrifice it, it it has its sacrifices of of um i've had to sacrifice uh, what we'd call stability and stable income um uh, which is needed if you want to buy a home or, or get a loan from a bank to 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 buy a car or whatever and and it's 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 put me in a situation some sometimes where it was hard to uh, in relationships um, to to take things to the next step, maybe uh, make plans to get married because of of that. So it's it's been a roller coaster as well. But I'd never go back to that because I had to push through those times as well, apply my faith in those times. Uh, and and now after going through that as well, I'm actually at a place now where I'm uh, with God's provision. Everything is is um, so I'm so amazed and blown away by it. And uh, that, yes, there were times in my life where I felt like maybe I should just go back to something that's secure. But it, it's part of the of the journey of faith, eh? It's not always easy. We have to, um, f- f- faith, uh, your faith gets tested. And through the testing, uh, you cre- uh, it creates endurance. And uh, endurance creates um, substance, substance of faith. And, um, yeah. I, I believe that's the that's the journey, but yeah, it wasn't always always easy, but that's life. Right? Yeah, and I and I love the realisticness and the hope and the the faith of that because, um, you know, uh, in my journey of faith and anybody's journey of faith, um, there are there are going to be times when when the Lord just provides such a windfall. And it's so there's so much grace, and then there's going to be times when it's difficult, and those are the times where you have to say, "God, I still trust you." And and when you look back over years, you're like, "I cannot believe I get to do what I do, and I'm doing what I'm doing." Uh, but you have to endure through those seasons to really a- obtain the prizes the Lord has in our future. That's what I've heard. Yes. Yeah, uh, for sure, and just to appreciate it. Because we get so complacent and we get so, uh, when, when God's blessing is just so constant, we, we feel like it's normal. And we forget that all thing, good things come from God. And, and it's just because of, of Christ in us that is supplying this abundance of, of grace. And then when you go through these trying times, you just get to the end of yourself again and, 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 and uh, um, realize total dependence on God again. And that's where you got to come back to the heart of what worship really is and faith really is. And, and uh, I think it's necessary. It's not, it's not fun. It's not a good time always, but it's so part of, of the journey. You know, I, uh, you, before the show, you made a comment and it just so ignited my spirit. Um, you know, I, I just, there's such a deep sense of walking with God that there is a heart of abandonment with God. And so few get there. They just are, they're just so few that actually are, are really, truly abandoned to God, like where there's skin in the game and you could lose a lot. And you said to me, you know, I'd rather die with a smile on my face. And I was exactly. like, that's the kind of faith God is looking for. Uh, Troy, and, and I always say to people, the most fortunate place I ever found myself was when I had nothing and I lost everything. Because if you have nothing, it's easy to give everything to God. You see, when the rich young man came to Christ and uh, to uh, Jesus and asked him, "What must I do to be saved?" He said, "What does the law 
Moses. What does the commandment say? And he says, this I've helped since I was a young boy. And he says, okay, go and sell everything you have to the poor and follow me. And uh, better you walked away and saddened because he had a lot of possessions. Mm. So it's a it's a bad space to be in sometimes when you lose everything, but it's such a privileged place because you can give everything. Mm. And I think I was fortunate to find myself in that situation. It wasn't at all what I wanted at that stage of my life, but that was what was needed for me to really abandon everything because I had nothing. Mm. So it's easy for me to, to make that uh, statement because I really had nothing and I could give my whole life to God. I like said him that my life is a failure um, I don't have other plans other ways to try and make something of this life so please take it make it yours use it for your glory and uh, he did um, and today even my brother who I said previously he started uh, BTG um, everyday heroes with me today is one of the after in the this also happened in the span of the last three years is one of the um, best um, musicians in the country at this stage. He was last year nominated, won so many nominations for best album of the year, um, song of the year, most albums sold. He was number one on iTunes. Um, he, it's just incredible, incredible favor on his life as well. Um, and uh, just to see what God's done, just because we've been faithful to, to calling, but he has same, just lost everything so we could give everything. Mm. So, VM, I'd like to end the show with, uh, you You were talking about speaking Afrikaans. If, if there's a way that you could just speak to the audience in your native language, um, just, in, just word, the word of the Lord, right? Just encouraging, instilling courage in, in the listeners in your own native language, and then you can translate it if you want or not. Um, but I just had a sense that that would just be a really uh, great way to, to end our conversation. Okay, now great, we'll do that. Okay, so for enig iemand nog buiten wat luister en wat dolk Afrikaans verstaan, hier in Zuid-Afrika, wil ek maar net aanmoedig om te sê, luister, God is een werkelijkheid, en om God te vertrouwen is rarig, om in die oorgekant, in die teenoorgestelde emotie te wandel van wat vir ons natuurlijk is. Jy sien, um, ons, ons voel in die lewe, dit wat jy hou, sal jy hee, maar die Bijbel sê, wat jy saai, sal jy maai. Uh, dis teenoorgesteld van, van wat ons voel ons moet doen. En as jy herrarig in die dieper verhouding met God en wil beweeg, en dit wat hy vir jou beplan het, is dit is raai roekeloose geloof wat jy moet toe, toepas. En uh, ek wil vir jou sê, jy kan vir God vertrouwen en jy kan op sy woord verstaan, want sy woord is die waarheid. En as die woord leeg bestaan, God nie, en dan waarmee is ons allemaal bezig. So wat ek wil sê is, klim in die woord van God, sien wie hy is, vir wie hy rarig is, en begin om vertrouw, soos die woord, en sien wat sy wonders God in jou leven doen. Mm. Okay, Troy, so that was, that was that, what I just encouraged the people was to, to be reckless in faith. Um, that God is real, and that if we could be reckless, take a reckless faith, um, read the word of God, what it says, and apply your faith on that. Because if it isn't the truth, if one scripture isn't truth, the whole scripture isn't truth, and uh, what are we busy with then? Um, so take the word of God, take it as his, his word, and um, you know, put your faith on it, uh. and stand on the word, and see what God does in your life. 
Mm. William, thank you so much for making time to, to encourage us, uh, not only with your words, but with the decisions you've made in your life. And uh, I just bless everything you've got going on. May the hand of God be on it and just expand it, bless it, and, and uh, may all those, uh, those heart's desires that you have locked up with the Lord come true as the Lord just blesses you richly. Thank you so much, William, for coming on. Such a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want more information on The Kindling Fire, go to our website, thekindlingfire.com. There you can learn how you can join the Fire Starters. That is a community that I'm sending free e-courses, Bible devotionals. We're doing special challenges to really help you guys move towards the dreams that God has placed in you. I'm also on Instagram at The Kindling Fire. And as always, be awesome.